Hello! Welcome to Almost As Good As A Boy, an Enid Blyton podcast. Are you almost as good as a boy? Well, I am a boy. I'm not a boy, so I guess I'm not as good, according to Enid Blyton. We're going to go through her books, chapter by chapter, discussing them as we go. On our journey, we will come across themes that have some outdated views that we do not condone, and we will aim to discuss these as fully as we can, though we admit that we will not always be able to cover everything. Grab a sticky bun, a bottle of ginger beer, and sit down and relax. Join us for the ride. Hello, 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 and welcome back. I, do I have to say hello three times, or can I just kind of be like, hi? Fine. Ruin the mood. Hello, hello, goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome back to another not-so-sunny Sunday. Um, yeah, how's your week been? Hopefully been good. Right. <laughs> that was me imitating you guys, and this has been a rough week, in which case... Yeah. You know, I don't know why you're listening to this. I was about to say perfect time to sit, relax, listen to what the Famous Five are up to, but hey, go off on bullying our own podcast. That's my brand. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been having a pretty good week. Pretty tired, uh, trying to hold the phone up with quite weak arms right now because we went bouldering yesterday, so... First time we've been bouldering this year. We're trying to get back into doing it every week. But yeah, our arms are a little tired. So, you know, listeners, if you're out there, subscribe to our Patreon. You might be able to win a chance to come bouldering with us. <laughs> don't offer that. <laughs> we don't like people. That's why we do a podcast. We don't go outside and meet people. Except you guys. We like you guys. Yes, we like you guys because you are... At a respectful Yeah, distance. you're at a good distance from us. But... Uh, yeah, we love your vibes. We get to feel the love without having to be around people, and it's great. Um, yeah, let's carry on with the with the book. That's what you're all here for. You're all raring to know what the Famous Five have got up to, because if you remember this week... Ugh, if you remember, you read the title of the episode when you clicked on it. This bold week, of it... you to assume. They might not have done. <laughs> this week, it is Chapter 12, Exciting Discoveries. That so sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that you've all been waiting for this chapter. You can't wait to listen to what happens. Oh, I'm dropping on the phone there. Could you hold the phone, please? Because yes, I'm trying I to can. hold the phone, hold my notebook, and a cup of tea. So... Right, let's uh, just run over what happens in this chapter. So, if you remember in last chapter, the I children... Can you shut up? You keep chipping in on these. <laughs> these are for the listeners to know what's going on without interruption. That yes, chapter 11, if I can continue. The children went to stay on Kirin Island and hunt for the dungeons before the island gets sold. Chapter 12 opens with them having uncovered all of the flagstones in the room that they're planning to sleep in. And they try to pry them from the floor, but can't. After this, they think maybe they misread the map, and this isn't where the dungeon entrance is. They realise they need to locate the well, so they go outside to search for it. Timmy chases a rabbit into its burrow and disappears. The children have to hack apart a giant gorse bush to uncover where he went, and they discover that Timmy has fallen down the well. <gasps> George climbs down the well to rescue him, and that's that. 
Then, after a little while, Anne finds the dungeon entrance quite by accident. They all go into the dungeons to explore, despite fears of dying from bad air. <laughs> the children begin to make their way through the cave-like dungeons and find a closed door. Perhaps this could be where the gold ingots are. And on that cliffhanger, the chapter ends. Fascinating. You've terrified the baby. I have not. He can cope with a notebook being shut. Look, he's gone back to sleep Surprised. already. He was upset. Why am I holding the baby? I don't know. You gave me the phone back. <laughs> You're terrible at your job. This isn't my job. You're not paying me. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so yeah. Pretty exciting, I think you'll agree. Don't try to, <laughs> try to... railroad me. I'll be what? the judge of whether it's exciting or not. Okay. So, yeah, the children have uh, cleared off all the earth, sand and weeds from the floor of the room they were staying in, which kind of begs the question, were they not going to clear all that up anyway? Because that doesn't sound great to sleep on. I guess not. Weed and earth and... Mmm, sounds lovely. They've got their little bedrolls and such. I guess. Well, they're rugs, apparently. Bedrugs. Yeah. Bedrugs. Um, and yeah, they're flagstones. Apparently they saw that they were all the same size. Which I'm not quite sure why that needed to be said. Aren't most flagstones the same size when you're making a floor? I suppose that means they didn't have... They, they made the floor and then thought, like, well, we've got this many flagstones, we don't have to cut any. Because a lot of the time when you're doing paving, you end up having to make some weird cuts. Fair enough, I suppose, yeah. They were just very, very good at uh, building. Or maybe they just did the flagstone. Or did the did floor it. first and then built the walls around them. Yes. <laughs> or did the put the flagstones in and then built the walls at the edge of those bits so they, they didn't have to come in and be like, shit, we've got a little gap now because the flagstones aren't that big enough or we have to... doesn't seem like the right way around to do it. I don't see any grand designs where they're like, yeah, we put the floor in. Well, they and put, then we're they, gonna... at the very least, they've got the you put the base in before you start putting well, the walls true. in. Yes, I don't really know how you go about building castles. Maybe we should research that for next I'll time. I'll get some Lego. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're looking for a flagstone with an iron ring handle sunk into it, and Julian tries to like lever up some of the flagstones with his spade, but yeah, they can't be moved. After about three hours of doing this, they decide to sit and have a snack. Three hours of, like, labour. Trying to, like, pry flagstones up and things with a spade. That's quite a lot of effort. Seems like a wasted effort. Well, wasted, yes, but it's still a lot of effort. You'd be knackered. Um, yes, they have another meal, because that's kind of what they do. That's their response to everything. Eat. Um, they don't have a very healthy relationship with food sometimes, I don't think. Mm. <laughs> they comfort eat when they're sad, comfort eat when they're happy. <laughs> yeah. I could go for some eating, I'm hungry. I'm a bit hungry. We're having Toad in the Hole for dinner tonight, dear listeners, and I can't wait. I love Toad in the Hole. So The hard part is catching the toads. <sighs> Shut up, I knew you were going to say that. Or make some stupid joke anyway. I didn't know exactly what joke it was going to be, but I knew it would be something. Is yeah. there in a hole, not a well? <sighs> yes. For anyone who doesn't know what Toad in the Hole is, it is sausages in uh, like a Yorkshire pudding batter. Yeah, toad sausages. <sighs> they are not 
toad sausages. Yes, you hope not, otherwise we have to sue the supermarket. Oh my god. Kind of like everyone started doing with Tesco's a few years ago when they were selling horse meat burgers. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, you know, anyway. Um, they're looking, they're like, okay, none of these flagstones seem to fit. You make it really hard to remember what's going on because you just say random crap and then I have to remember what we're actually talking about. <laughs> they decide that maybe they've made a mistake and that they need to go look somewhere else for the dungeon entrance. Yeah, probably. If you're spending three hours exploring one room, I think you're in the wrong place. Tell that to a D&D party. <laughs> I do frequently when hey, you're we, all being useless. We're never, we haven't been useless yet. Mm. We've been quite good. Yeah, annoyingly good as it, well, annoyingly durable. You've not really been very good. Literally but unkillable. Yes, but you're not very good. You're oh, all dang. quite stupid, but somehow you just don't die in our D&D campaign. Oh, dare you. <laughs> but anyway, George notices the well and says the entrance to the dungeon seems to be not very far off the well how did they not notice this before but yeah they need to find the well and then they'll be able to look for the dungeon steps so and the well is in the middle of the map like in the middle of the castle so why were they looking in this room in the first place it wasn't well thought out <laughs> well 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 another terrible joke you laughed <laughs> I have to. I have to pretend to find you amusing sometimes. <laughs> Julian's happy with George's idea, though. And they all troop outside into the sunshine to look for the well now. Well um, then. <laughs> but, yeah, they're not really having very much luck still. Good job they've got a week, I think. Um, they stand in the ruined courtyard... And they paced out the middle of the yard and then stood there. Do you need to pace it out? I mean, can they not do that by eye? I feel like it's fairly easy to be like, well, this is pretty much the middle. If there's a well somewhere around here, we should be able to see it. Well, I suppose it's one of those things. It's just like, if we know where, like, if it's all ruined, you can't mm -hmm. necessarily say for sure. If you just go off a wall that you know yeah. and pace it out. No, yeah, fair enough. Usually fairly all right. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about the fact that the castle is Mushed. ruined, so yeah, maybe they don't know exactly where the centre is. Yeah. But apparently everything is covered in sand and weeds and bushes. And um, all of the flagstones are no longer lying flat. So They're not flat stones no more. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> and then they spot some rabbits and get distracted. <laughs> um... Yeah, there's rabbits everywhere. The children are watching them. They watch a little one, like, washing his ears. That's quite cute. I like watching our hamster when he washes his ears, so I can understand that. He washes himself every time we go near him. He's like, oh, God, people, people. Ugh, they've touched me. Yeah. Uh, and then Timmy goes nuts. He's out for blood. He races towards one of the rabbits, wanting to eat it. What a guy. Oh, no, Yeah. <laughs> Apparently seeing the rabbit sitting there washing its ears under his very nose was too much for any dog. <laughs> uh, for a moment, the rabbit doesn't run away because it's like never been chased by anything before. There are no predators upon Kieran Island. It's like, is, 
I can't remember what animal it was when humans appeared on its like oh, island. Oh, you mean the dodo? Yeah. That they slaughtered and ate all yeah, of the them. The dodo just wandered up and was like, hello, friends. Oh, no, why have you got that big club? Ah, ah, stop it. No, that hurts. And then, yeah, they ate. Ooh, what are we eating? Them. Ooh, it's Jerry. <laughs> why are we eating? Oh, you're cooking me as well now. <laughs> That's really sad. Um, I don't want to laugh at that. Yeah. I swear this happened like penguin. Oh, no, it happens in the... Like, one of the ice places. I can't remember which one that has penguins. One of the ice places. Yeah. Like Antarctica. Maybe that one. Okay. The one that's got penguins. They just wander up. You see the pictures of them kind of like wandering up to like researchers because they're like, oh, mm. hello. I've never seen pictures of that. But that's cute though. If, as far as I'm aware, they don't just eat them though. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Timmy's chasing this poor little rabbit that only just gets away and it disappears under a gorse bush. But Timmy's not happy about that. So he just like throws himself into the burrow, showering sand and earth everywhere. That's a guy. <laughs> yeah. And he's like not listening to George calling at him and telling him off at all. It makes me think of your dog, Hermes. And the way that on walks he chases birds and is just like, yeah, fuck you, I'm not listening to you. That's because you taught him to chase birds by I teaching him to chase little daily long lenses flapping about, which has led to him yesterday or the day mm-hmm. before eating a butterfly. I don't like crane flies, they're scary. <laughs> but I didn't teach him to eat a butterfly, he's done that himself. Because of your not, teachings. It's not my fault that he jumped from crane flies to eating other nice things. Uh-huh. It's just the fact that crane flies, they fly at your face. I've never had one fly at my face. Oh, they always fly at my face. It's like they know where your face is and they come towards you with their freaky legs and don't go away. And anyway, they can't eat. So they starve to death within a couple of days. So really, I would say that it's giving them a more humane death to do it quickly. So there. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, Timmy is gone. He, like, falls down the hole. Um, yeah, that's it. They hear a yelp, and it's then, like, nothing. Oh. So, yeah. He is gone. Creepy. Makes me think of the uh, YouTube video, The Hole. I've shown um, you The Hole. Yes, you've shown me that video from, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> Wasn't quite that long ago. Maybe, like, 12 or 10. Right. Uh, um, George is quite concerned, as you would be if your dog just suddenly disappears into the ground. God, where's Timmy gone? Oh, fell in the hole. <laughs> um, everyone crowds around the big gorse bush, and then there's a muffled whine. Julian looked astonished. <laughs> he is down the hole. Well, Ding. yeah, where do you think he would have gone? He's obviously gone down the hole. Um, I never heard of a dog really going down a rabbit hole before. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, I've heard of dogs going down them. Hermes would be able to fit quite, he would because he's quite small. Yeah, um, but yeah, they all decide they're gonna have to dig up the gorse bush. Um, Poor gorse bush, I know. Poor gorse bush. Look, Timmy's just rabbit food now. It sucks, but you had just have to get just pick up one of the rabbits as the your famous fifth. Oh, this is Flopsy, <laughs> <laughs> the famous five with Flopsy the rabbit. <laughs> um, 
So Julian is very glad that they've brought tools of all kinds and he goes to fetch an axe. What? I know. I was about to make a joke and say he's going to go get a chainsaw, but no. that's almost, that's just yeah. as ridiculous. No, he goes to get an axe because they'd brought a small one with them to chop away the prick, and it would, no, it, they have brought a small one and it would do to chop away the prickly branches and trunk of the gorse bush. I'm sure you'd write a machete for something like that. I guess that's kind of what they're using it as if it's just like a little hand axe. Oh, yeah. It's pretty yeah. much a, yeah. But why did they bring an axe? It doesn't say why they had one in the first place. What would they need an axe for? Self-defence. <laughs> I guess. Apparently the children slashed at the gorse bush and soon it began to look a sorry sight. Aww. But it took like a long time to destroy it. Three hours. Yeah. Every child's hands were scratched by the time the bush had been reduced to a mere stump. <laughs> Poor bush. Poor stumpy. Yeah. And then uh, Julian notices that the old well is actually where the gorse bush was. Well then. Yeah, the rabbits had a hole at the side of it and Tim scraped away to make it bigger and uncovered a bit of the well hole and he's fallen down the well. Kind of like the reverse lassie, really. Well, little Timmy has fallen down the well. I guess little Timmy is in the well, yeah. (laughs) What's that, George? Timmy's in the well? (laughs) Um, George begins to panic, which, fair enough, if one of our dogs fell down a well, I would freak out as well yeah there was that horrible um thing in the news a couple of months ago wasn't there that little boy like five-year-old fell down a well I don't um, remember that. in another country huh yeah he died oh yeah he survived falling down it um, but injured it's really himself. unfortunate like, mm. if you think about how it ended yeah because it took them literally days to be able to get to him and uncover him like safely and they did send, like, food and water down for him, but, yeah, he died. It was really sad. Yeah. Horrible. Um, but, yeah, that's not going to happen to Timmy, listeners. Don't cry. It's okay. Timmy's not... That's not going to be Timmy's um, fate. Yeah. They uh, can hear Timmy whining, so he's obviously, like, still alive. And uh, they decide to dig out the hole of the well so that they can let a rope down. Which, I'm not really sure how Timmy's going to... Well, like, Timmy, grab on with your jaws. Well, I suppose and we'll they'll send somebody down. Well, I guess. I like the idea more than me. Like, Timmy, tie the rope around yourself. <laughs> Can you imagine Hermes trying to tie a rope around himself? Yeah, he'd probably do quite well, because he could grab it in his teeth and then just circle and circle like he does before bed. And yeah, but pretty... you'd pick him up and, and he'd like... cut it in half. Well, or he'd, like, unravel like a yo-yo. <laughs> um... But they uh, uncover the well and find that actually a giant slab from one of the towers fell down the well and got wedged in there. So Timmy's actually like on that. He's not at the bottom of the well. (laughs) Yeah. They drop a stone down the well, but they can't hear a splash. (laughs) They do hear another yelp. (laughs) Either there was no longer any water there or the well was too deep even to hear the splash. Which Julian thinks it's too deep. That would be very deep indeed. Thank God there was that um, slab across the well, otherwise that would have been a really tragic end to Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, there's an old iron ladder fastened to the side of the well, apparently, which George just, like, scurries down before anyone can stop her. Not caring if the ladder held or not. Which is really silly, because then, if that did break, it's like, well, well done, George, now you and Timmy are stuck down there. <laughs> I have to find another person and dog. <laughs> we'll find a cat instead. Yeah. Um, 
And then, again, hench George, muscular George, apparently somehow she got Timmy onto her shoulder and holding him there with one hand, climbed slowly up the ladder with the other. That's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. (laughs) Yeah, I need to go find a ladder and just... It can't be that easy to climb one-handed anyway. No, but then she's got this big dog, like a huge dog over her shoulder that she's holding on. Literally unreadable. This is so unrealistic. Turn turn it off. Turn the book off. Hey, we need to find an 11-year-old. My niece, my eldest niece, we'll get her, we'll get Odin, we'll find a well, (laughs) and we'll see if they can do it. (laughs) Sounds like child and or dog abuse. No... Only if someone finds out. You know, the listeners. <laughs> they won't tell. They like us too much. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, they listen to the podcast after all. Yeah, so they must like us. I mean, they're still coming back. <laughs> um, but yeah, they haul her out of the well and everyone's happy because no one's dead. Thank God. So they tell Timmy off for chasing rabbits, but they also thank him for finding the well for them. And then they start looking now for a stone that will uncover the entrance. Anne finds it just by being lazy. Apparently she was tired and sat down to rest and lay on her front and scrabbled about in the sand. As you do. You just lie on your front when you're tired and just start going and digging on the ground. Oh, maybe children yeah, I guess. do that kind of thing. I don't know. I'm not child. No. And then suddenly her fingers touched something hard and cold in the sand. She uncovered it, and lo and behold, it was an iron ring. So she calls all the others over, and Julian digs about with his spade. And yep, there we go. It is a stone with a ring in it, and yeah, they're pretty convinced it's the one for the dungeons. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I know, see? Exciting discoveries. Is it that exciting? Yes. I think finding the entrance to the dungeons is pretty exciting. Um, They try to pull the iron ring and, like, pull the stone up, but it doesn't move. So Julian ties some rope to it, and then all of the children pull with their full strength. And the stone moves! Um, So they pull again, and they're pulling and pulling, and then the stone suddenly moves and they all fall over. Ah. Yeah. And then Tim runs over to the hole and barks madly down it, um, as if all the rabbits of the world lived there. I wouldn't want to piss off all the rabbits in the world. No, they could definitely take him on. Me versus like a billion rabbits, I'd lose. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I suppose if the rabbits wanted to fight you, but I can't imagine rabbits really fighting you or anyone really. You clearly not never see Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ah, uh, well, I suppose if it's the white rabbit, sure. Kill rabbit. <laughs> um, yeah, there we go. They have found the entrance to the dungeons. Yeah. Where there's a steep flight of stone steps cut out of the rock itself, leading down Ooh. into like the dark. Sounds a bit creepy. This kind of sounds like the start of Moria. I suppose, yeah. They delved too deep. Oh God, what's going to happen to the famous fire? The Bunrog. <laughs> <laughs> it does demon rabbit it does feel like the beginning of a horror film or something yeah but uh, yeah Julian has his torch with him because you know he's always prepared and uh, they decide to go down the steps 
Timmy is an idiot in this chapter. The steps were like slippery and apparently Timothy ran down them first, lost his footing and rolled down five or six steps, yelping with fright. Like, poor Timmy, but he's being a moron. We've seen Hermes fall down the stairs. Yeah. So that was why I shouted when I was going down the stairs yesterday before we went bouldering. Because the way he went down the stairs meant that he le- like his tail got under my foot as I was stepping onto a step. So I stepped on his tail, but then I didn't want to stand on his tail. So I nearly fell down the stairs trying to like take my weight off of that foot really quickly. And it was just like, oh my God. Poor baby. Poor him. Poor him. He nearly killed me. You would have survived. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they're all very excited. They're thinking there's just going to be like piles of gold everywhere once they get down into the dungeons. Um, it smells quite, sorry, I'm yawning there. It smells quite musty. Um, my sister brought up that I'm always yawning on this podcast. And I'm really sorry if all of you listeners feel the same. Yeah, I they're really all am. yawning as well. <laughs> It's just when I am paying attention and like talking a lot, I don't take as sort of deeper breaths, I don't think. So I end up like needing to breathe more. And that means that my body throws in yawning quite a lot. Um, yeah, it smells quite musty and chokes a little. And so Julian Pansy. says he hopes the air is all right because sometimes it isn't good in these underground places. And if anyone feels a bit funny, they'd better say so so that they go outside. But then, according to Enid Blyton, however funny they might feel, nobody would have said so because it was far too exciting to worry about feeling strange. Great, so they're just going to go get themselves killed just because they don't want to miss out. The famous five and the oxygen starvation. Yeah. They need a canary. They've got Timmy. (laughs) I guess. And Anne as a backup. Oh. Um, so apparently the steps go for a long way, and then they came to an end. <laughs> that is That's often... what stairs do? Yeah. What, what good writing. The uh, stairs went, and then they stopped. Yeah. Because that is what stairs do. Hey, she's being very descriptive. It's, you know, she's, she's making... Unnecessarily, like... <laughs> she's making sure that you're weird. fully aware of what's happening. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Julian flashes his torch around... And they see that the dungeons are actually, like, carved out of the rock itself. Um, yeah. Which does sound really cool. So they're basically just in some caverns. They're very echoey as well. As well, as well. Because, <laughs> yeah, George talks and then it all gets echoed back to them. To them which to scares them. Anne. Anne. Shut Anne. up. It scares yeah. Anne. Um... <laughs> I will hit you. Bring it on. I'll have proof of the the abuse. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Anne's scared because even though she knows their echoes, they sound like voices of people hidden in the cave. Oh, God, you big pansy. She's a bit of a wuss, isn't she? Just send her back up. She's no use. Yeah. Um, Dick's all about the ingots. He's like, where are they? Um, Julian laughs and his laugh gets like echoed back really uh-huh, creepily. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. sounds sounds kind of horrible actually. These dungeons sound awful. Like probably why they're dungeons. They would give me such a headache. Um Also I don't know. I've never been anywhere that echoey. <laughs> um They carry on into the dungeons 
uh, which apparently were really only rocky cellars stretching under the castle. Wow, way to underwhelm us, Blyton. Just like, oh yeah, no, they're not even actually dungeons, they're just some cellars. That kind of kills the mood. That kind of kills how exciting and mysterious it is. Like, thanks for downplaying it. You're staring at me like you don't agree. I just have nothing to add and you tell me <laughs> off for saying things. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're learning. Finally learning. Um, but yeah, they've uh, apparently been used for storing things. So they're kind of full of stuff. Um, Julian takes the map out of his pocket. Uh, but yeah, they've got no idea to know. They've got no idea how to tell where like the different rooms are. So they carry on, and then Dick suddenly notices, I say, look, there's a door here shutting off the next dungeon. Cellar. Yeah, but he calls it a dungeon. Well, it's a cellar. He should <laughs> listen to the narrator. <laughs> and yeah, they all wonder whether that is where the ingots are. Ooh. And with that exciting, tantalising little tease of a possibility, it ends. <laughs> And next week we will have chapter 13, Down in the Dungeons, which is where they already are. <laughs> but we'll find out what happens down in the dungeons. So there we go. Exciting discoveries, no? Not really, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not as exciting Look, as cellar. it could be. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but it's the cellar that they've been looking for for some time, for all of like a day. I guess. <laughs> you know, the, the fabled cellars, the cellars that have never been uncovered before. Except, you know, when they were being used, obviously. Um, yeah. What could happen? What could be down there? Will the ingots be there? I couldn't tell you. I've never read the book. What do you reckon is going to happen? Uh, Give us your uh, predictions. Uh, the children are going to have an adventure. They are in the midst of an adventure. Well, they're going to have another one. Right. Yeah, they will. They'll have like 20 more. Oh, God. You know, with all their different adventures. So <laughs> they have a couple more on Kieran Island, I think, but most of them are then elsewhere. How can they come back? To, what, what else do they do on here? Well, when they don't own to, it. You'll have to pay attention to the uh, other books. Must I? Yes, you must. Uh. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so I hope that you listeners have found that exciting at least. What are you going to rate our chapter? Hang on, I'm yawning. Oh, wow, we're putting you to sleep. Yes, we? I'm tired. You're yawning too now. You set me off, it's not fair. I've done nothing wrong. You can't be tired. We didn't get up until nine this morning for once, which was an incredible lion compared to the fact that normally we're up at any time between six and seven as a outlier, like often on a Saturday we're up at 4.45 to 5. Half 5 every yeah, weekday. Exactly. <laughs> so, I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll give it three wells out of ten just because it was so unrealistic that George <laughs> scaled the ladder hey, with just her toes. You can't say it was unrealistic without trying it. You ne we need a Mythbusters. <gasps> we need to do a Famous Five Mythbusters. <laughs> god we're gonna have to do a youtube channel and everything yes oh my god we should oh my god yeah <laughs> right. i'm too tired i don't have a ladder yeah well we can find one uh there's one on the back of mother's landing exactly your mother's land rover has a ladder that we can borrow i'm sure for some well exploration <laughs> so, god. yeah i, I 
I mean, considering that George can row for hours and hours, I don't know. Maybe she probably could put a dog on her shoulder and climb up a ladder. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> oh, well. Enid Blyton wasn't trying to please you. Well, maybe she should have been thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. That's our episode for the week. Come back next time if you want to find out what is in these mysterious cellars. <laughs> Honestly, not much. It just doesn't have the same excitement to it, calling them cellars instead of dungeons. Imagine, like, cellars and dragons, or cellars and cephalopods. <laughs> the uh, kind of watery yeah. Yeah, version of Dungeons and Dragons. Is that what's in the Waterdeep campaign? Cellars no. Cellars and cephalopods. <laughs> oh, maybe it should be. Um, yeah. yeah, there we go, guys. So we'll uh, catch you next week for uh, some more fun. Yes, fun. <laughs> See you later. Sorry that there's been so much yawning this episode. Um, I'm going to go nap. <laughs> right. Good night. Bye. Oh, but actually, just before we do go. Oh, God, we have to <laughs> that go. Was a, that was a false ending. Uh, <laughs> God, we bayoneted them. <laughs> I just remembered that I actually set us up a, um email address for the podcast now. Ooh. So if you want to tell us how much you enjoy the show or if you think we should do anything else or tell us anything tell us any of your kind of like memories of reading Enid Blyton as a child yeah send us an email it'd be awesome to hear from any of you at almost as good as a boy at gmail.com so I'll put the uh, email address in the like show notes as well but yeah there we go we have an email address so we could actually sometimes hear from you guys if you want to tell us about yourselves <laughs> tell us about your relationship with Enid Blyton's books we're going to get so much hate mail, aren't we? <laughs> it's going to be like that bit in the chicken little. No. It's like, your hate mail box is full. I'm like, oh no. No, please don't send us any hate mail. We love you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Almost As Good As A Boy, an Enid Blyton podcast with Becca and Troy. If you liked what you heard, please uh, like, rate, subscribe, review, send us a message. Let us know what you liked, what you'd like to hear more of. If you didn't enjoy it, please don't do any of those things <laughs> unless you want to rate, review, subscribe in all positive ways. <laughs> Hope to see you next week, guys. Bye.